we took a little break for the holiday, but it's time to, to restart the convo. Uh, bringing in Shane Metlin, uh, JMU men's and women's basketball writer. This is his, his podcast, episode three or four, I believe, of the convo. Shane, how was your uh, Thanksgiving? Oh, it was pretty good. How about you? It was all right. It was spent here. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I did some driving back and forth, but made it where I needed to go. So <laughs> Well, that's good. Uh, and, and, and basketball. Uh, kept you busy. Real quick, I, I do want to start with the James Madison uh, women's basketball team here. I, I kind of feel like that loss to UVA is, is a little bit of a, a, a bummer because I wasn't expecting uh, – I mean, UVA is not the upper echelon of the ACC by any means, and, and JMU is the upper echelon, if not the coup de gras of the CAA. So I was kind of expecting that game to go a little bit the other way. Yeah, and, and I'm not even sure if the uh... – conference affiliations have that much to do with it at this point it's just you know jmu was a team that was kind of you know potentially knocking on the door of the top 25 be getting some votes in the coaches poll and you know just an experienced program that you kind of expected to be able to win that game going in and um you know you look at that weekend as a whole they went to that cavalier classic they played uva they played central florida um those are games where they go in without a ton to lose. They're not going to suffer any bad losses playing those games on <clears throat> UVA's court, but they had a lot to gain when it comes to what their resume is going to look like in March. And, you know, they come out of it probably not hurting themselves necessarily, but they didn't, you know, gain the real um, talking points and game wins that they can point to here in a couple months that, you know, they probably expected to be able to get out of that situation. So so it's still looking like they got to win the CAA to, for, for the safe bet here. Yeah, to, to feel extremely comfortable because, I mean, you look at it now, their resume is going to probably end up being – there's not a ton of data out there right now to put together what the RPI is going to look like. Uh, there's some sites to do it, but they don't even – you look at them, they don't even have complete records for – every team right now so it, it's hard to gauge but you look at their three wins against big east teams and this game win against central florida you're looking at four you know maybe five games by the end of the season of the non-conference that could be considered quality wins but they're once again probably going to be lacking those top 25 top 50 non-conference wins that you know really kind of came back to haunt them last year when things fell apart in the CA tournament, I think it's. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm above going above things here when I say that they 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 should have won that Maryland game. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean they they should have won that. They had that game in the back. Yeah, and that was by far the best game they've played. And that's for the I, most part. And that's what I was going to ask. I mean, was, yeah. have they have they have they played to their 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 most their potential yet? They haven't really, other than you know, thirty five minutes against Maryland. Things, you know, it really went to. Uh, you know, went out the window in the last couple minutes of that game. But even then, you know, you kind of expected Maryland was going to have a run at them at some point, and it happened to happen very quickly right at the end. In five minutes. If that run comes in the middle of the third quarter or end of the first half, and then it's a back-and-forth game down the stretch, you probably look at that completely different as far as, you know, right now – you look at that game, you think JMU just blew it. Well, yeah, and they did. They did. You think JMU meltdown when you, when you look at if you were to go rewatch that tape. I think you, you're walking out of that room thinking JMU meltdown. Yeah, but if you 
you know, you go back and you look at it as just a 40-minute collection of basketball if, say, JMU goes on a big run to get a lead and Maryland goes on a run after that and makes it a close game and then it's back and forth and it goes two points one way or the other at the end, then, you know, maybe you're not looking at it quite the same. It's still a heartbreaker, but it feels so much worse that Maryland's run happened to come in the last couple minutes. and With no chance I, to respond. I don't know if, like, if it's fair or not that that's the way you look at it, but you do, and you kind of just feel like they completely gave away a golden opportunity to really, I mean, they win that game. They're a top 25 team right now. Yep, they're, yep. you know, pretty much, you know, as, full, as long as they do what they're expected to do in the CAA, you know, even with a slip-up or two, they would be pretty much a lock for the NCAA tournament at this point with that win on their resume. So it, it it's a heartbreaker in a lot of ways that they're sitting in a situation right now with, um, you know, a six and two record, which is fine, but you look, they could be six and one or seven and oh with these like really amazing win. Even if UVA is not the premier program they were, you know, 15 years ago, a win over a mid tier ACC team on their home court is still a resume booster. And, you know, they're so close to having that, you know, perfect record and really being on the national scene right now. And they're just not, that's, probably the most disappointing thing for that program at this point uh switching gears from a, a game jame you should have won to uh, uh on the women's side to a uh, to the men's side where it's a game you're asking how the heck did jmu lose uh that was a bad loss to Coppin state i mean or, or, or is that a blip i mean you you tell me is it a blip on the radar i mean it's a bad loss one way or the other well that's what we're gonna see is if it was a blip on the radar and or if it's another signal of Similar to last year where they play two games and then play two bad games. And, you know, yeah, Coffin State is a little bit better than they have been. But it's still a program that just doesn't beat teams on the road in the non-conference. They they are uh, mercenaries. <laughs> they go on the road and they take a paycheck and they take a beating like 99% of the time. And, you know, they came to JMU. They came to JMU last year and led most of the way. And JMU kind of got together at the end of regulation, forced overtime, and then won by 10 in overtime. And it was kind of like, oh, we just woke up. We're that much better of a team. Um, it wasn't that drastic of difference in talent this time around, but it still was a game that JMU on their home court should have won by double digits. And they just you know, got up by double digits and then kind of went to sleep. They didn't make any adjustments to the adjustments that Coppin State made at halftime. And, you know, we're not taking the same kind of shots. They were they were missing a lot of shots, and I think it was easy for them to say, like, all oh, the shots just aren't falling. But they weren't taking the same kind of shots in the second half that they were in the first half. And that was probably the most disappointing thing. But that game's over now. We'll see what the difference between these two teams are from last year to this year is if that's a one-game thing rather than a thing that happens five, six times over the course of the season, which is what happened last year, really. I mean, they play really well against teams like Radford or Hofstra or, you know, even played well against Charleston and losses. And you think this team has a chance to do something, and then they turn around and leads to Elon, and you're, like, just trying to figure out what you're going to get from night to night. And, it, it, you know, so what does that mean for Wednesday night's game against Radford? I mean, what is – 
you know, it, what are you looking to see how JMU does against Radford tonight? What would, you know, make you a little more confident that it's not going to be another up-and-down season? Or is, or, is, 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 or is this Radford game even – are we putting too much on this Radford game? I don't know. I mean, they they need to go down there and execute. Radford's a team that they don't have a great record right now. They're 2-5, and five, I believe. But they won at Northwestern. They've lost close games to a lot of really solid mid-majors. They play a tough schedule. Um you know that they can be a pretty good team. They're still the favorite to win their conference. Um, but Jim, you beat them last year. That was another one of those games where, you know, for a few minutes we thought, hey, this JMU team might end up being pretty good. And then, you know, we saw the up and down nature of it. See, even as much as a victory is important, playing to their capability and playing well and executing well and playing a clean basketball game is almost just as important you know there's a good chance they can go down there and get a victory and come back and you know as Lou kept pointing out in his press conference yesterday they're three and one in their last four four and one in their last five looks pretty good even with a bad loss um so that you know that's the thing about college basketball is they play 40 games with you know a group of 19 to 22 year old guys there's going I mean Duke Kentucky, everybody has you're gonna have those your, bad. You're going to have your pop in state game, but they have one or two, maybe over the course of the year, where they just don't show up. That's where JMU needs to get to, where they have you know less than a handful of those games where you're like, man, they look pretty bad tonight, as opposed to two good games, a bad game, one good game, three bad games, and that was kind of the up and down nature of it last year. And that's what you got to see, just a little more consistency with the. I don't even want to say effort, but the execution and, you know, just playing to their capability. The, the, the calendar has flipped to December, so it is no longer too early to talk about Christmas. Uh, so let, <laughs> let, let's talk about Michael Christmas. And if you if you followed Shane since Michael Christmas, uh, you know, gave his his verbal and then signed. Uh, you've kind of been hearing the rumblings about the talent that this kid has. Uh, true freshman named named the Colonial Athletic Association Rookie of the Week this past week. What has he brought to this team? I, he. I think one thing that kind of stands out is he came in immediately, joined the uh, starting lineup, and he's a guy who plays a little bit inside out, but he's, you know, that 6'6 kid with a bigger body, broad shoulders and everything, and he, one thing he brings is, he's a great rebounder. He, so far this season, he's had some games where he's really exploded offensively, like against ECU, where he made every shot he took and scored, I think, 18 points. And he's had a couple other games where he's scored some points. But he's had mostly games where he hasn't shot very well. And he's, you know, had trouble even with some putbacks and things like that. But in talking to Lou Rowe about him, one of the things that everybody really likes is he has bad shooting games, but he doesn't ever have a bad game where he just disappears. You know, he didn't score against Coppin State, but he had 13 rebounds. And... You know, he always gets some steals. He blocks shots. He does a lot of things. And he gives them that little bit of a, you know, inside-out presence that last year they were relying so much on four guards and kind of forcing Darius Banks, who doesn't have quite the same size as far as, you know, being kind of a stockier build. Um, they're forcing him to play underneath more. And that kind of, you know, you see Mike come in here, and I think that might be part of the reason why – once the shots started falling for Darius, he was in a shooting slump to start the season. But now 
you know, he's had four games in a row where he scored at least 21 points. Uh, things kind of freeing up for him, freeing up for other guys. They're not trying to play four guys who play the same position anymore. And I think that's really made a big difference, you know, plus just a guy who has a lot of talent and was able to come in and play minutes right away, which not every freshman no. is able to do. You don't see that much anymore, uh, at least for a true freshman. Where does he, where does this kid need to improve? Um, you know, I think he probably needs to continue to work on his body. You know, we talk about his size, which is a good thing, but he could, you know, tone up a little bit certain places, get in better shape so he can play extended minutes. You know, he's still kind of needing breathers at times late in the halves. Um, you know, he'll get in foul trouble here and there. But, you know, I think the offensive game is just going to come around and get a little bit easier for him each time. And he's the kind of guy, you know, he missed some, like, point-blank putbacks against Coppin State where, you know, even if he's not shooting the ball well, I think you're going to be able to count on him to have, you know, six points and eight rebounds almost every night because he'll get those kind of like hustle plays and easy baskets. Uh, you know, you're not asking him to be the guy who has to hit five threes every time. When he does, it's a bonus. And when he does, you know, that helps you get up by 24 points against a, you know, team from a, you know, upper echelon conference like they did, you know, Saturday. Uh, Devin Flowers uh, getting some, finally getting some minutes. Uh, not you know you don't want to say thanks to all these injuries but the in, you know the injuries a few other players have, have you know have helped them uh you know after all those injuries he's getting some minutes yeah and, i mean he, he ended up having to kind of step in and play saturday because zach jacobs was out um but it's you know, it's interesting to see him you know finally finally to see him on the court because yeah. this is a guy who you know there's been kind of high expectations and kind of a buzz about him for a couple of years now and he's just been hurt the entire time. Well, last year he was on the shelf for was it all the season? Yeah, he, he got into a two or three games, but ended up getting the medical red shirt. So he's a red shirt freshman, and that kind of you know you looking long term that sort of you know adds to that adds to that freshman class that they sign you know brought in six guys last year, and then he's going to be in the same group with them moving on, even though he's been in the program for a little bit longer. Um, but you know you look at what was expected out of him be kind of this, you know, six, nine lengthy guy who blocks shots, but then he also makes threes. And, you know, he got on the court Saturday and that's exactly what he did right away is he made two quick threes. He blocked a shot. You know, he was in there giving, um, you know, Dwight Wilson some minutes on the bench to get some rest. He also had two fouls. So he was kind of, you know, needing to stay out of foul trouble. And he gave him those quality minutes and kind of, you know, immediately came out and stretched the floor where ECU had some big guys who weren't necessarily as comfortable going out and guarding him at the top of the key. And that, you know, all of a sudden gave him a little bit of a different dynamic. And if he's healthy enough to go out there and do that, you know, it really is kind of gives them the look that they didn't have last year at times. You know, we've talked about those bad losses already today. And, you know, but, but part of that is they just didn't match up with a team like Elon who had a center who wanted to stand out on three point line and shoot threes and, you know, could guard, you know, could switch and guard your guards a little bit. They didn't have a guy who could match up with that. And flowers, if healthy might be the guy who kind of gives them that similar type of player. So flowers is the kind of guy who might have us talking about good wins at some point here, as opposed to bad losses. Potentially. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, General thoughts on how the season has gone so far. We'll start with the women. Women, they are, they're in solid shape, but you know, I think, 
I think if they're going to be honest with it, they're a little bit disappointed with where they are. And not even so much the record, but just that they haven't necessarily dominated the teams they are capable of dominating and haven't, you know, and have some losses that just, you know, kind of slipped away from them when they could very easily be an 8 0 team right now with uh, some very impressive wins against major conference teams. How about the men? The men, I think overall, you know, fans were really down after that Coppin State loss. And I, you know, talking to people, you know, in the media room were just kind of like, oh, is this, is this here we go again? And they responded with a good win. And, you know, you look at their overall resume, if Coppin State is a blip on the radar and it's just one bad game, then they're they're doing fine. Then, you know, you, you got to be pretty happy what they were because they weren't going to win at UVA and they didn't. That's the kind of game you just toss out because, as we've talked about before, you know, you're not going to see a team like that again. It doesn't do anything for you getting ready for other games. And losing on the road at George Mason, as Mason, you know, is 9 or 10 and 1 right now, looking really good, that's not a terrible loss either. And they played well enough overall to win that game other than just shooting terribly. And, you know, that may, you know, if any Mason fans listen to this, they'll probably – Say it sounds like sour grapes because I've kind of harped on that ever since that game. Like I was watching it as it went on, I was kind of like, "How is JMU not winning this game right now?" Because they've really outplayed George Mason. They just weren't making any of the shots, and you know that's a huge part of the game too. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that's important. Yeah, I hear that's important. Yeah, they, they, I think they named it basketball because you're supposed to make baskets. So um, then why, but, do they, why do they name it football? That's a good question. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, Shane, uh, thanks for joining us this week. We got to keep this up as a weekly bit. We'll excuse our blip on the radar for the holiday uh, yeah. week last week, uh, but uh, you can follow Shane all year long. It is it Metlin or Shane? I ask you this every time. It's Shane underscore at Shane underscore DNR Sports. DNR Sports to keep up with all your game coverage and more importantly the news. You know, he's breaking the news out there for the, the Jamie Men's and Women's Basketball Program. Shane, we will talk to you next week. All right, thanks.